At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. Welcome in. Second hour of a numbers game presented by BetMGM. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel filling in for Gil today. Keep a track of everything going on at the Open Championships. Looks like Colin Morikawa is going to drop one. Uh, what was that, like a four or five put, uh, foot putt for a bogey, I think, is coming up for Colin Morikawa. I don't know if you saw that. Was I, was I yeah. wrong? No, I was just wondering. What, what are you looking at right now? Roy McIlroy. Okay. I was like, is your TV that far behind? But okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. But uh, Morikawa bogey putt upcoming. Great play out of the trap by Rory. Look at the red. By the way, this one, fairway on the tee shot. So there turn you it, go. Turning things around. Yep. Turning things around. Roy McIlroy, the champion of the PGA Tour. In that, you know, <laughs> takes up for him quite a bit. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah. See, am I wrong here? Morikawa. Ch- championing. Is- yeah. The, uh, championing, yeah. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is for bogey, right? Oh, double bogey! Oh, wow! Holy smoke! Sorry, Colin. They screwed up. Uh, they screwed up the graphic. Right? That's not me. It's e- it's either a bogey or they screwed up the graphic before. No, it's a double. It's double. They screwed okay. up the graphic. They said they were saying it was a par five. Oh, dude, you're right. What is that? So one of the big, you mentioned it. They have like a white on white background for these scores. Yes, it's terrible. It's awful. That's brutal. I it's didn't even, we, is that for just because over par? Is that yeah, what that it's is? when they're over par. Yes. So when you're seeing the name and then right next to it, like Rom's on right now, blue. you get an even, blue even par. Yellow. And like, what were they, red, I'm assuming, when they were they were under par? Oh, I thought it was yellow, but oh, I could okay. be yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, maybe you're right. And then it's white on white when oh. they're over par. You should you be red. Do, yeah, do red or yeah. something. Like, that's yeah, that's absolutely abysmal. The, uh... I always wonder how they screw that up all the time because you, you'll see it on – no network is is safe from it. You see it on ESPN. You see it on Fox Sports. Because right. you know, you'll get like Mac college football going. It's like Ohio will be like silver on silver lettering or yep. white on silver. You're like, what? how did we ever do this? How I, did we ever think this was a good how idea? How are multiple eyes watching this and being like, we're good. <laughs> right, we're good. Yeah. We're, we're good here. But keep this going. Hopefully they change that. You got to. I mean, there's been multiple times where I've, I'm like, what number is I that? mean, just I right now, no it was just like, is yeah. that two over? Is that, I can't I can't really see that. All right. I feel like an old man complaining about this. Oh, let's go. Get the colors <laughs> right. Come on. Uh, okay. So with that, a uh, good day of baseball is on the horizon because we do have some really impactful series that are going to get started, including, as Joe Sheehan pointed out, a massive one in the American League between Tampa Bay and Baltimore. We could start there really quickly uh, because this is huge. Like the, These two teams are now tied percentage-wise with one another at the top of the AL East. Tampa Bay Rays have completely fallen off here in terms of their level of play. And right now, uh, we have Glasnow slated to get the start for the Tampa Bay Rays. Glasnow has come out 
and pitched pretty well. And I think if you're making a case, look, it's a big price. And this is what kind of turns me off here. I was hoping when I saw that Glasnow was going to get the start, like, hey, cool, because Glasnow's got all the indicators, Kelly, of a dude that you want to bet on. 378 ERA on the surface is pretty average, but expected fielding independent of 283. He is striking out guys uh, at a pretty, like a really high rate. He's back to what he was as a pitcher from a strikeout rate perspective uh, throughout his career. The, The issue for him has been the command. His walks have been up, but he has all the indicators that I want to bet on. The problem is, is that you're looking at an opening price of a dollar, let's see, seventy, and the market was already all over it. Betted up to a dollar ninety in some spots, so slept on it. It was already a little bit higher than I thought because Baltimore is a good team, um, and Glasnow is a guy I want to support. But the market pumped that up to the point where I couldn't get in on there. And the other thing too is, well, I think that maybe we're a little too high um, for the price on the Glasnow. If Gibson's not a guy I want to rush into back either, even with the Rays' struggles. 477 ERA, 448 expected. Uh, again, with him, like the, the home runs in terms of the issues that he had last year are pretty down. It's just given up a whole bunch of contact, and that's been a problem for him so far this season. The Rays are, have a lineup capable, even though they haven't been performing very well, of taking advantage of this. So, I, essentially, I got priced out of this. I like Glasnow on the Rays, but I got priced out of it. Well, that was, you know, talking about things that we kind of remember from the week. Mark Borchard bringing up Glasnow, uh, of a longer shot uh, Cy Young candidate earlier in the week, he thought, w- w- potential. Like, he was real high on glass now going forward. Yeah, I, I think that's that's going to be interesting to watch only because, like, initially right now, and, and I do wonder, like, this is why votes are always pretty fascinating because I don't follow the awards market as much when it comes to Major League Baseball. And just the dynamic of how many of these, in a statistically dominant sport like this, where, you know, the, the numbers are everything yeah. pretty much, I would assume beat writers are more in tune with like advanced metrics and things like that. And would a guy who at this point right now, as I mentioned, is a 378 ERA on its surface, you're like, that's not a number that wins a Cy Young. But there are indicators, like I said, an XFIP under three, that this guy, if he continues to pitch at his level, that that's going to find, right? Water finds its level mm-hmm. and he's going to pitch at an extremely high level. Like that might be worth doing it because narratively, being the front-end guy for a raised team that's kind of scuffling, but leading them to wins each time out and his numbers continue to improve. Right. I could totally see it. Yeah, yeah. It's got the runway, at least in front of him, that they could play out, right? Yep. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Of all the things I've heard all week, I just remember Mark mentioning that name. I was like, whoa, that's a long shot. Okay. Man, and, it's so, and I like this, too, because I should get more into Mark. It's only because, like, you know me. Like I'm like, hey, man, numbers say this. Like, the, the, it should right, play yeah. out over the course of a large sample size. And when you hear a lot of these guys talk, it's like the same thing, right? Hey, numbers say the Padres are going to be pretty good. Six and a half games back, expect a stretch where they're going to start to perform. Like, there's just faith that a lot of the statistical returns that they see are going to start to show. And it's kind of the same thing with glass. Now it's almost like a blind faith. Cause you're like, the numbers yeah. are there. It's just got to play out that way. And sometimes it sounds crazy, but sometimes even 162 games, you can have a wide variety of variants. I mean, we've seen it all the time. Rangers teams from a year, few years back when they were winning one run games, like freaking crazy over the course of 162. Like, yeah. yeah. I, I think the only, the only thing that, that complicates it, right. It is the te- the team future versus the player future, right. right. Where yeah. there's a, there's a human element to the voting, right. And that's, I mean, how many times over the past few years, just me and you talking NBA MVP, right. It's like, well, I don't know. We, we think it should be this guy because of the numbers, but the narrative, the Embiid Jokic narrative has overtaken the entire voting process over the past three years that like you, you have to keep that in the back of your mind at least. Yep. Uh, another big game. I want to go to national league really quickly because speaking of awards, 
We have a battle of favorites for the NL Cy Young today. Arizona and Atlanta will battle it out uh, uh, later today. That's Early going to start, be, right? Uh, yeah, actually, you're right. Yeah, that's like an hour and a half, so yeah. that's good. Uh, Spencer Strider and Zach Gallen going at it. We saw this overnight at about a buck ninety, eight and a half over minus one twenty. Totals pretty much the same. You can find nines if you want to bet that under. You can find eight and a half if you want to bet it over. Buck uh, eighty seven to two dollars is the price here on the Braves. This is just the real question. And again, I, I very much would argue here, man. So last time we saw Zach Gallen, it was a road start against Toronto, went out there, pitched five, but gave up three earned runs, gave up a long shot, only struck out five. The road scuffles continue for uh, Gallen, and I, I, I kind of keep – I like Zach Gallen a lot, but I just keep looking at him, even now that he's not the favorite, Kelly, and mm-hmm. keep thinking, like, how can you be plus 280 to win this award – and have the struggles on the road that you are at this point right now. If you look at their home road splits again in ERA, that's over four or excuse me, over five for Gallon away from home, like five eleven still as it sits right now. He's been great at home, but like that's got to hold you back at some point. And it's a pretty interesting scenario here because it's not like you get any reprieve. You're going to face that Atlanta lineup, and if you've been scuffling on the road, and that's actually something that's legitimate. This is, I think this is a pretty interesting game, not only because of the narrative and these two teams and what they're fighting for in terms of spots in the postseason, but from a Cy Young standpoint, if Gallon goes out there and gets smoked, and then you got a guy like Snell starting later today or whatever it's going to be, like this could be a day in which we see a good shift on Gallon for Cy Young award markets, and it could go either way, but if he goes out there and continues to struggle, I mean, I think you continue to see him drop. Okay, that's an interesting point. Um because I'm kind of beating myself up. I'm not, I'm not really upset about it because I'm not a big baseball better, but I'm kind of beating myself up. I didn't bet Spencer Strider a couple weeks ago. Yeah. When, like, I think you were, doing, you were doing a great breakdown of these pitchers kind of over the past couple weeks, whenever we've talked. Um, and, you know, it, it was probably, what, four, plus 400, something like that. I know you mentioned Blake Snell, that number moving big that you had kind of your, your eyes on before. But that NL Cy Young race, yep. I mean, is that – would you is today if you're interested in Spencer Strider is today the day to get in? Like if you're I mean, betting Braves today, are you right. betting that in the Cy Young I, market? Too? I think it's an interesting way to attack a game like today. Like if you if if you think the Braves are a play today, why not throw something on add Strider? That to your portfolio. Yeah, yeah, add it to your portfolio plus two ten because I don't think he's going anywhere in terms of the favorite role. And if you think the Braves are winning today, that would obviously more than likely include a good performance against Zach Gallen, right. who is the second choice right now. And I would also throw out there, and I want smarter people, you know, on Twitter at me, JVT or at Kelly Bidlin. I, I would love to hear this. Cause again, I'm, I'm coming from a place of like, I watch baseball, but don't know enough to, I know the intricacies of voting. Like I keep going back to, I talk to you. I'm looking at this right now. Last start, six innings pitched, gave up three hits, just one earned run, only struck out three on the season. He's got a 288 ERA over 118 and two thirds and 20 starts. Why is Marcus Stroman? continuing to drift out to 20 to one. And especially if he's going to be a guy that gets shipped off somewhere contention wise, whether it be like an angels, as Joe Sheehan mentioned, cause that's been a name that I've thrown out there for the angels to maybe go get won't be mm-hmm. as expensive. Uh, whether it's the giants who've been rumored to go and get him like Stroman's been great. What am I missing with Marcus Stroman that he just continues to float out there? Is it the team that he's on? You know, he had two rough starts, but still an ERA under three. Even his, like, XFIP is, is kind of tight. It's like a 371, so there's not, like, a ton of regression coming. I, I've always – I've been curious about what I'm missing with Stroman and just this this market overall, so right? Why that... Gallon's been favored, why Stroman continues to drift when those two guys, I think, performance-wise, have been heading in opposite directions. Right. Makes Yeah, it makes sense. Is, is that – so is that – as of today, if you had to make one bet, is that the bet you'd make? I, I, I think so. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't 
don't know what I'm missing with Strowman. Like again, you've got the if I were like I don't even have to remove the names, just like give, give them the give them the numbers. Like, and so I don't know. It's going to be pretty fascinating to see if that's going to happen for Strowman. Um, if like if it's because of anything else that's happening, but he's like there's a lot of teams the Yankees are rumored to be interested in him. So uh, that maybe that's it. Like do you get shipped off to another league and? That's maybe going to kill you if that's the case. Yeah. But currently at twenty to one, if he stays in the National League, I would think his profile gives him more of a shot. That is tough. I mean, I guess if he's really on the block, right? You got to keep. Yeah, it's that not. In a, mind. It's not no Tani situation where if he gets shipped off the American League, he's winning the award still. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, 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 Which, exactly. by the way, I will take credit. We'll take a little bit of credit for that. I was on. We were on with I think it was Sharp Bunny and Dustin and I, and we talked to I think it was uh, not Heyman. One of the USA Today writer that I can't remember. Um, Bob Nightingale, thank you. And and like uh, I brought up like, hey, this is like two months ago, a month ago, like you know, Tony could probably still win AL MVP if he gets shipped off. Maybe still the case. All right, we'll come back. We have uh, plenty left to get to uh, when we return. Paul Carr, True Media Sports Director, of Content, and of course, handicapping extraordinaire in the world of football. Talk to him about the Women's World Cup. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. A numbers game on VSEN, the sports betting network. There's a lot of stuff for use up on the website. One of the great things is, of course, the picks at a glance page. You can easily sort through picks. You can follow hosts and guests and their selections as well. And we have a top VEASAN experts leaderboard. You can check out the hot hand at the network. Introductory offer for everything we do at 19 bucks over at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Check that out. Or make sure you check out, of course, our summer kickoff special, 175, everything we do through the Super Bowl. With that, let's talk a little bit of football. Real football. Women's World Cup, of course, underway. Uh, we had a pretty big upset earlier in the day, so let's uh, go over that and some news when it comes to injuries and more. Paul Carr is with us to give us some time to preview the Women's World Cup. Paul, it's good to talk to you. Uh, I wanted to start with, uh, first off, uh, how shocked were you at the upset uh, of the day a little bit earlier uh, where New Zealand were able to pull that off as a pretty big uh, underdog? Yeah, I mean, anytime you get your first World Cup win, and this is not New Zealand's first tournament, this is their sixth tournament, and they had not won in 15 games, that's a pretty huge deal. I mean, they're at home. Home team always gets a little bit of a bump at a World Cup, but still, this is a Norway team that I think some people thought might be a bit of a sleeper, uh, and it's a great win for New Zealand. So, yeah, big surprise out of the gate. It's a great way to start the tournament. Yeah, and uh, I was double-checking before. Maybe you'll know this off the top of my head. Uh, but when looking at some of the group odds too, Norway was about a three dollar favorite to win that yeah, thing. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, at least right now, and before that was before the game, and New Zealand was five to one uh, before that win. All right. The other bit of news, of course, uh, Sam Kerr. So she's going to miss Australia's first two games. Mm-hmm. Of course, one of those already played. Uh, they got a one nil win over Ireland. 
This, of course, affects the Golden Boot because she was about 750 or so uh, to win the award behind Alex Morgan, behind Sophia Smith. So walk us through the changes here on this board because Kelly and I were talking about this earlier. It's a two-part question. It doesn't seem like much has changed at the top despite the fact that Kerr is going to be out. And the second part, is there actually a shot that they should see uh, that maybe somebody could come back in and buy it like 25-ish to one even though she's missing two games? Um, I'll start with the second one. I don't think so for, okay. for Kerr. I mean, because – one of the things you need if you win the golden boot is you almost always need to pile up some goals in the group stage. Cause yeah. that's when you're playing easier opponents. And so she's losing a couple cracks at, th- at that. So I don't think there's any real value in her at 25 to one. Um, as far as the others, you know, it's a, you get such a short price on Morgan and Smith that I just don't think they can get a whole lot shorter. Uh, and it's going to depend a lot on this first game against Vietnam where you'd expect one or both of them to maybe pile up some goals. So I don't think it changes the whole picture too much. The one I like, and this depends a ton on your price. I think you have Alexander pop of Germany at plus 900 here where, where I've seen her this morning. I've also seen her as high as plus 1600 places this morning still. So if you can get her closer to that, I do like pop. I mean, she plays for Germany. They have a relatively weak group. I think she takes penalties, although that's a little fuzzy. And she scored every game for him at Euros last year that she played. So I think that's that's my play. That's the one I do have a play on, if you can get that price closer to plus 1,600. And speaking of Germany uh, right now, as we still have these futures up, that is still a play worth making for you, right, Germany, to win the tournament? I mean, it always is for me. Yep. Uh, but yeah, if, uh, if you can get them at that, I'd say at least plus 700, then I think it's worth it. Um, they do have some injuries. Uh, Lena Oberdorf, one of their best players and midfielder is maybe a little dinged up, but like I said, they have a relatively easy group in Morocco, Colombia, South Korea. So they should still kind of cruise through the group stage and have some time to play their way into form and get healthy before they get into the knockout stage. Uh, they made the final of euros last year and took England extra time. So this is, this is not like a long shot. This is the you know fourth betting favorite on the whole, but if you can get that plus 700 price or better, I do like Germany. All right, and the others, it might, I was going through over the last couple of days, everything that's offered at all these shops, my eyes are going cross because there's so much that you can wager and, and wade yeah. into. Let's talk about some group wagers first. Uh, walk us through Denmark and why you would look at them at 850 to win their group. Yeah, so Denmark is the second favorite in the group. England is the second favorite in the tournament and obviously uh, the favorite to win the group. So if I want to talk down England, it's that, look, they started the same 11 players in all six games of Euros last year, which they won. Four of those players are not here. Three are hurt, one retired. Another, Millie Bright, is on the team, but a little sketchy health-wise right now. So England, not at full strength. Denmark has a lot of players from a lot of leagues across the world, the top leagues. Pernil Harder is the name to watch. He's their forward, one of the 10, 15 best players at the tournament, her first World Cup. Uh, This is plus 850, so it's obviously a flyer. But if they can beat England, you know, both teams should handle Haiti and China. So it kind of, we think, will come down to that England-Denmark game, which will be the second game of the group stage for them. So, yeah, plus 850, I think, is a decent price. Uh, long shot for Denmark to win the group. All right, another two-part question, uh, because you do have Nigeria, double chance, plus 260 versus Canada. That game is going to be later tonight, 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, that yep. does tie into Canada to lose in group stage at plus 230. But yeah. uh, walk me through what a double chance wager is as somebody who doesn't really do a lot of this in terms of football. Um, I was looking at that yesterday. I was like, huh, that's a pretty interesting market. Yeah, different books will call it different things. Double chance is kind of a fancy way of saying plus half a goal. Yeah. So, you know, the, sometimes the prices vary, which I never quite understood, but it's the same bet. Double chance means you get two different shots. You get Nigeria to win, you get Nigeria to draw. Okay. So I do like the Nigeria double chance against Canada in this game uh, tonight. Okay, and that ties into Canada. And uh, to lose in group stage would assume that means just lose a game yep. in group stage. 
to go out in the group stage, okay. so right. to not advance. Uh, this Both these bets are fading Canada. Yeah. Uh, they're an older team. Uh, Christine Sinclair is the name that people might know. She's scored more international goals than anybody ever, male or female. Uh, but she's 40, so she's not the goal-scoring threat she was. They have injury issues. Janine Becky is out for them. Uh, some questions on the back line. Uh, not a Just not a very potent team from an offensive standpoint, and that obviously makes you more vulnerable to upsets. So I think that I don't think they get out of the group. I think Ireland or Nigeria could. Uh, Ireland is the one way I would go, even though they lost to Australia uh, today. So yeah, Canada not to get out of the group or to go out in the group stage at plus 230, I like. And I like Nigeria on the double chance getting a really nice plus 260. Uh, Nigeria is one of those you know high ceiling, low floor type of teams. They've got a, a lot of talent. They've got a lot of issues behind the scenes fighting with the Federation. But when they're good, they're really good. And I think they can give Canada a run for their money tonight. All right, let's shift over to tomorrow really quick. I want to get your best bets out before I ask you some other general questions about what we're looking at. Uh, tomorrow, 10 p.m. Pacific time for us on the West Coast, uh, the Philippines and Switzerland, and you've got to play uh, there. Well, these, these are tough games to handicap because yeah. this is kind of like a one versus a 16 seed in the NCAA tournament when there's this giant spread. I mean, the U.S., I think, is laying six, six and, and a half, half right? goals, yeah. which just sounds <laughs> stupid. Um, but they, this is coming because they beat Thailand 13-0 in the opener last time, yeah. four years ago at the World Cup. And remember, goal difference matters. It's your first tiebreaker. So if the U.S. wins this by a lot, it makes it easier. You know, a draw against Netherlands in the second game isn't the end of the world because you probably still have a tiebreaker edge. So this is more of a lean than a play. I would still lean toward the U.S. just because, I mean, you don't want to bet against them. Uh, the market I was looking for and couldn't find anywhere available for me, at least, was more goals total in the second half. Because that's when the U.S. just wears teams down mm -hmm. with their depth, with their fitness. Uh, Ten of those 13 goals against Thailand were in the second half four years ago. So that's what I would look for if you can get any kind of decent price on that. But yeah, if I have to pick a side here, I would still go toward the U.S. even laying a giant number. If so, in doing reading and research, it would seem that the narrative would be that this is a still a very good U.S. women's team, but that maybe the gap has shrunk in mm -hmm. between them and the rest of them. Is that accurately priced in the market overall? Or are there ways to play yeah. against that? I think it's pretty accurately priced. Okay. You look at four years ago, the U.S. was like plus 150, maybe plus 200 to win the whole thing. And now they're in the plus 250 range and England's not too far behind that. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, plus 250 is not bad. I think, you know, if you're a Fan of the U.S., you want to root for them. I don't think that's a terrible price to lay a little bit of money on to have fun rooting interest for the tournament. But yeah, the gap just every tournament gets a little bit closer. Uh, U.S. won three of their four knockout games by one goal last time around. So, but U.S. is still the best team. They're just the margin's not yeah. quite what it used to be. All right, and the last one I have for you overall, we'll get you out of here on this. Uh, you know, we talked a lot about top goal scorer. How do you handicap a Golden Glove, if at all? Because obviously, I, I was I was thinking about this. I'm like, man, that, that seems like a really hard thing to kind of handicap because you essentially want shots on goal, right? But then if you're giving up a bunch, then that kind of means that you're probably a team that's not playing well. How do right. you do that? I, I don't think there's a great way to do it. Um, I mean, generally, you would just go like kind of who has the best defense okay. and, and a decent keeper. Uh, but you never know. Um, it's just, yeah, there's, I don't think there's a really great way. So much is circumstantial, the nature of the game. Uh, you know, I think the Dutch keeper won four years ago, even though, you know, Christina Endler from Chile was probably the best keeper, but they just didn't go very far. So I don't think there's a great way. And 
this is kind of a market again. This is not a black and white market like the Golden right. Boot, where it's number of goals you scored. This is uh, voted on by a technical committee. So yeah, something that's super subjective like that and can change so much you know, with one game, one save. You save one penalty and suddenly you're the favorite. Uh, I tend to stay away from those. All right, so I'll get my last question. Just a non, it's a viewing question. I was asking Kelly, Open Championships underway, if he stays up all night and watches these things. What are the viewing habits for you during the Women's World Cup? Are you staying up? You power it through? What's the, what's the plan? Uh, this is this is tough. So it's nice because the first two U.S. games are primetime. I think yep. it's eight central uh, where I am. The third one won't be. Ideally, that game doesn't matter too much. Uh, but then I'm going to have to start making hard choices. I think the first U.S. game, if they win the group, is in primetime as well. And then it gets really tough. So through one day, I'm in wake up and put on the replay and catch up mode or catch the go. end of a game if it's still going when I wake up. Uh, as we get deeper in the tournament and really the knockout stage, that's where I'm probably going to have to I don't know. I keep going back and forth. Do I stay up to like three to watch or do I wake up at five? There's <laughs> there's no good answer here. Paul, it's good to talk to you, man. Thank you very much for the time. Awesome stuff. You bet, JVT. At Paul Carr up on Twitter. You want to give him a follow there. It's always the, it's the best question with these kind of things. I'll have to ask the question when the FIBA World Cup starts in the Philippines for basketball. Totally. You got yeah. to wonder what the schedule is going to be like. I, I'm with Paul, too. I'm playing it all by ear. We'll see. I'm down to <laughs> ignore my family. I think that's fine. numbers game on vcent the sports betting network we all know about the speed of sound, but have you ever thought about the sounds of speeding? If you drive too fast, you could hear the sound of your vehicle crashing because one way or another, speeding catches up with you paid for by NHTSA. Jonathan Von Tobel here on a numbers game last 30 minutes. I'm filling in for Gil Alexander today. Uh, really quickly, before we get back to baseball, any good golf observations that you would like to make? Justin Rose right now uh, with a putt for, is it par? He's at two over right now. I know yeah, that. Par, it's, it's hard to see, but he is two over. Yeah, par on a par five. Needs to make this. And tracking. Oh, oh and lips out. Oh, man, that's tough. Uh, let's see. Tough. Your leaderboard update brought to you by Sean McCollum. Uh, let's see. We have Antoine Roser did finish with a birdie, so he got to four under par behind Lamprecht and Fleetwood. Okay. Um, and then it's Stuart Sink, Wyndham Clark in the clubhouse at three under. Brian Harmon's. Uh, I'm on Brian Harmon watch because he's three under through nine. Do you have nothing on him? I've got nothing you, on you, him. You I, let out a uh, Brian Harmon get out of my life. Well, he's been uh, he's been playing good the past few weeks, and it's kind of a little bit out of nowhere. We're not exactly talking about – I mean, the things I talked about when breaking down and previewing this tournament, Brian Harmon doesn't fit a lot of the categories. Uh, he's not very long off the tee. Yes, he's accurate. That helps. But he, he doesn't have a lot of length in his game, so I'm pretty impressed with what he's doing right now. Um, you've got him at three under. He's still on the course. Uh, let's see, Matthew Jordan, Jordan Spieth, Siwoo Kim, all in the clubhouse at two under. And then you have Joaquin Neiman at two under through six. I do have an outright on him, so hopefully he keeps going. Just not too fast, JVT. You know, I don't want to do I, I don't want to do the uh, Joaquin Neiman steal my first-round leader money when I don't have a first-round leader bet on him. That wouldn't be good. Uh, and he is, uh, let's see, two under par. There is also Adrian Otugwe. Two under par. Sorry, Adrian. I'm sure I butchered your name there. He's four, uh, through 14 at two under. They got a bunch of guys one under par as far as live odds. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood at the top of the board right now, plus 650. JVT, pro golf handicapper. Scotty Sheffer, 7 to 1. Roy McElroy, plus 750. John Rom, 14 to 1. Terrell Hatton, 18. Spieth, 18. Wyndham Clark, 18. And then we just had a big shift. Xander Shoffley, 22. Cantley, 22. Hovland, 28. 
Brian Harmon 30 to 1 uh, live if you wanted to get in on that. Live first round leader odds Fleetwood and Lamprecht both plus 140, Harmon 14 to 1, Neiman 18 to 1, Hatton 25 to 1, and then it drops down to 45. An observation here the wind seems to be picking up a little bit. At least uh, I, I'm observing more moving parts on these guys, like the gloves hanging out of the back pocket, moving around uh, while they're trying to get uh, while they're trying to line up their shots. It does seem more windy. And I will say, as watching some of these guys early, you know, some of the dudes who are, are in the early parts of their round right now, mm-hmm. so obviously part of the late window, um, not some great scores early on for some of these guys, right? Like a lot of dudes, they're at least five to, five to seven to nine holes in some indications. They're all just at even. Uh, there's quite a few guys that are a little bit uh, later in their rounds that are about one over or so. It does seem that maybe the course is playing a little bit harder here in this late window. Is that a safe observation? Yeah, there's a chance. I, I don't really know why it would. Um, I, I guess there's a chance maybe the sun is baking out these greens a little bit. Maybe they're a little faster than what these guys were practicing on just because it's been, it's been bright and sunny basically the entire day right. over there. Really no rain at all. Um the wind, though, is it's kind of what we expected, JVT. I mean, this is five, I mean, we get five mile an hour prevailing winds, westerly prevailing winds. Thank, right. thank you for whoever tweeted that in yesterday. I forgot who it was already. I think Scotty. Um, prevailing winds, five mile an hour. So you're only talking about the winds right now are like 10 miles an hour out of the northwest, 10 to 12 mile an hour out of the northwest. That really wouldn't be. That's not an abnormally high number for a PGA Tour event, for an Open Championship event. It's it's definitely not a big number, but just keep in mind how flat this course is. It's right up against the ocean, so you're going to feel every bit of that 12 miles an hour where you might be playing. We might see 12 miles an hour at, at uh, a course in the States where there might be a billion houses and it might be in the middle of a city or something, right, right where buildings are going to help block that wind and stuff. But So they're gonna they're, they're feeling every bit of the wind right now, but it's not it's not a lot going on right there. Right. And, like, to your point, too, about, like, these things getting baked out, you know, I was watching, like, Scheffler. I mean, it seemed like he was getting some pretty good run on some of those tee shots in the fair. Like, there was a couple that he added, like, a good, like, 10 yards on it. So mm-hmm. it's not like I don't think there would be a, a massive difference. I mean, you see right now, I don't know who this is, Lagoska. <laughs> Ramon Langoska. But, um, yeah, but you see the way the wind's whipping him around a little bit in terms of yeah. um, the outfit. So maybe it has picked up a little bit because, like, again, we're watching on TV, but I'm just observing more in terms of wind, which I was not seeing this morning when these guys were playing. So. Maybe just picking up and throwing some guys off, but it's been pretty surprising. Well, to watch. I, I hope you're right, and I hope it does. I hope it gets way worse. Just because well, that's, I'm, I'm that's down the for point, the right? Second, yeah, the first round just end right now. If you've I'm got a Fleetwood, if you've got a, a, a Lamprecht, uh, yeah, first round leader, I might be saying his name wrong for two hours. I haven't, I haven't heard it. There's, um, there is some nut who's got a first round leader on him, right? Uh, probably. And before everybody asked me what the odds were on him, I have no idea, but right. probably two hundred ish to one. You whatever think, the, right? the one thing to keep in mind, whatever his first-round leader odds, they're way shorter than whatever his outright odds were because there's a chance, right? There's always a yeah. chance you could put one re- fluky round together right. and go low. So that's where you always see, like, jo- you know, the Scotty Sheffield, Rory McIlroy, their first-round leader odds are longer than what their full tournament odds Correct. are because you expect the top talent guys over four days to be able to put it all together. Sample size, baby. Yep. Sample size theater. But small sample size theater will give you some uh, wild results. Hi, Rory. Rory's had a wild round so far. Through five, he's even par. Oh, so he dropped one because he was one under, wasn't he? Yeah, but he was what also one over at one point, I yeah. think. Oh, yeah. that's a good point. Yeah, he's been all over the place for the most part. Set himself up right here. That's a par three. He's yeah, he went three. He went birdie on two, okay. bogey on four, parred the par five fifth. 
Okay. All right. Makes sense then. Makes sense. All right. We'll see if he's got something. He's got about like a 20 foot ish putt for uh, birdie right now on this par three. Again, Lampricht and Fleetwood at five under your leaders at this point right now. And as you noted, the bad juju will follow me. I have an outright on Tommy Fleetwood, but nothing on the first round. So hopefully my guy, if I get my two guys, Kelly, my FOMO guys, I got a master's ticket on Mott's when he won it 50 to one. If I can get my boy Fleetwood, I'm running out of guys. If my guy Fleetwood could pull this off, who's going to be my next dude? I don't know, man. Yeah, you've been, you've been all over Fleetwood, man. Got to give you credit. Got to I mean, give you credit. Nothing's going to happen. And it's not like I had some foresight. It was just like, hey, I bet Fleetwood a lot, and I just don't <laughs> want to be. You know what I mean? It was I not like you. it was one of those where it's just like I like ever. I, I always say it. Go back to the Shinnecock U.S. Open, and I had him there, and he loses it out by a stroke, and set, like nearly set a course record, and he, since then. He's been like now. Now he is the white whale. Yeah, like, I, I, I mean, and for me, I've been betting him a lot this this year yeah. too, especially over the past few months because he's been playing so well. But man, I had to cut out the outrights on him because it's just yeah. it, he he cannot win well, over in the U.S. And, and here's the thing: and as you know, this you watch more than I do, and being you know a casual fan of his, I my worry is he has rounds in him like this all the time. Yeah, like a five under round where he comes out and, and his guns are blazing. Now, usually it happens on like Saturday. And then Sunday right. just kind of yeah. falls yeah. off and you don't really hear from him. So the fact that this happened early, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing that he got the good round out already. Because generally that's what you get from Fleetwood. You get two like par rounds, like just you're floating around. Yeah, even. there's a 73 or 74 waiting yep. out for him, uh, waiting for him tomorrow or Saturday. Exactly. I'm with you. Yes. Exactly. That's generally what you see from Tommy. Uh, <laughs> all right, really quick. A couple more baseball games to get to uh, because we do have some fascinating uh, contests that's going to be later. I wanted to move to San Francisco and see uh, Cincinnati if we could. You know, we mentioned this with Sheehan, the fact that Cincinnati has fallen on some hard times they lose that series to Milwaukee before the break they lose coming out of the break to the Milwaukee Brewers so they have fallen out uh, by about two and a half games in the NL Central Uh, but of course big matchups here big series here as you're playing the San Francisco Giants and looking to make some headway in the wild card race we have seen I saw it overnight here on the screen of minus 125 in favor of Cobb and San Francisco this is now as you see here essentially a pick minus 108 reds and other spots are as high as minus 115 Kelly so uh, a big market swing in favor of Abbott and the Cincinnati Reds and haven't seen a pitching change so I don't think that's it what's interesting as well here is Again, as somebody who handicaps it this way, and if this price continues to climb on the Giants, I'll be in on San Francisco and Cobb today only because Abbott does have the indicators of a guy that, hey, look, man, maybe getting a little lucky. Through eight starts, 47 and two-thirds, 245 ERA, but a 362 expected ERA and a 459 expected fielding independent. Those are all the indicators for somebody like me that is looking to potentially play against some overvalued guys, and it might be that, that that Abbott is being played by the market. But And that's the thing because – Generally, what I'll see, Kelly, is you'll see the market move in like those differentials that I'm looking at for the most part. Not the case here. So I feel like maybe I'm missing something with Abbott, but the numbers would tell me that Abbott potentially could be an overvalued dude. But maybe the market is pretty high on the Cincinnati Reds team overall. They were kind of a darling for the most part, but I think they kind of showed their true colors in that series in Milwaukee. Cobb, on the other hand, if you look at the way uh, that he's been pitching this year, 282 ERA, 327 expected. So he has actually been exactly what you kind of expect here and been pitching extremely well. Last two starts. Actually, we'll go to last four. Two earned runs or fewer in each of them has gone pretty deep in the last two for him. Six innings. Cobb's in a pretty good form. And the fact that if we're going to get plus, you know, if you're going to give me more than even money on the Giants, if we're going to get to like plus 110, which it looks like we're getting to, Giants will be a play on the card later tonight for me against the Cincinnati Reds. So we'll see if that's going to be the case. But was pretty surprised to see this market move. That's another early start. We started 45 minutes. 
I like it. All right. Yep. We're going to do it. <laughs> Let's track some stuff here. Come on. We got to get some stuff in. All right. We'll, we'll take our break. We wrap it up. We got our last 10 minutes. We got plenty left to get to before we head out. Make sure you missed out on anything with Paul Carr. Uh, awesome, awesome conversation. Check yeah. that out at vcin.com as we look to head to the Women's World Cup, which got started today. So vcin.com for that and everything we have to offer. Check out that summer kickoff special. Man, you, it's the last chance. I'm telling you, it's the last chance you get. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sports books, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager with BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits, like bonus bets and bet insurance tokens. And if you're planning a trip out to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points. They can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Vegas Strip and nationwide. Eligibility restrictions apply. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Visit BetMGM.com for terms. You've got to be 21. New and existing customer offer. Promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as nominal trouble bonus bets, which expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem call. 1-800-GAMBLER. Yeah, Kelly freaked me out because as I was talking to him in the break, he kept looking past me and making a face, and I was like, who's behind me? What's happening? It's always it's the sportsbooks TVs. Yeah. I, I always tell Gil it's me looking through his soul. Yeah. He, sometimes he'll be like, why are you looking at me so intently? I'm like, no, nah, I'm trying to see the TVs that are 20 feet behind you. Yeah. <laughs> can I still, can I, do I still, do I steal Gil's line? What's that? We get tweets. There you go. I was asking, um, I was asking for tweets from smart people about evaluating the NL Cy Young market, mm-hmm. and uh, why am I? What am I missing on Marcus Stroman that he'd be twenty to one, and not only just twenty to one, but continues to get like the the odds get worse for him to win it? I just don't really understand. Um, one of our uh, our loyal guys, Buddhist man, tweets in says, "I was going to tweet you, uh, but after you said you wanted to hear from smart people, I reconsidered." <laughs> Buddhist man, creator of uh, Hardwood Handicappers with JVT, presented by Kelly Bidlin. Yes, semicolon <laughs> a Taco Bell production. We're trying to get some sponsorship. Yeah, we're, we're actually uh, for Buddhist man out there. We're we're, we're kind of using your, some of your uh, your initial input on a redesign for that yes. graphic. Yeah, we still have. I haven't uh, I haven't gone with you to yeah. to implement that, but yes, we are we are going to talk yeah. about that. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, never mind. I was going to make a joke about sponsorship deals and whatnot, but they were going to be inappropriate. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes it Good happens. Call. Yeah, I don't want to get in trouble. I was – never mind. All right, with that, we'll keep an eye on the British. Nothing really to update here. Rory's on seven, and that's pretty much it. So we were talking about you, – you brought this up, but this is a pretty fascinating market. Again, there's so many things to bet into if you want when it comes to the NFL, pretty much all of these things. You know, I mentioned if you go on, like, DraftKings' uh, website – 
and you look at just the Women's World Cup and oh, the offerings wild. there. Yeah. Like, I don't know how you would sort through all of it at one time to find like, dig up something. So there are people out there that do. So one of the markets that is up now over at DraftKings is most improved regular season record. So obviously most improved from a season ago. Uh, so for example, if we're looking at it, the Chicago Bears at plus 210 are the favorite here in this market. The Chicago Bears last year finishing with the worst record. They only had three wins and are a team that has a win total of seven and a half that many believe uh, could make a big push after a, a somewhat successful offseason. So they are there at plus 210. The second choice, one that I would more gravitate toward, the Denver Broncos, who were 5-12 and 12 last year, I think can be a playoff team uh, this coming season if, if Sean Payton can kind of get things right there. So there's a lot of different options. Kelly, I will ask you, because here's another way to attack this, which this is not something I have done yet, right, because I can't really find the market for it. But I'll bring this up to you. I have brought up the fact that the Jacksonville Jaguars could be a candidate because of their schedule to finish with the one seed in the AFC. Again, not power rated as the best team in the AFC, but somebody that could take advantage of an opportunistic schedule and post a record that is better than what they are as a collective. They were yes. nine and eight last year. Right. If they, if they do that, right. If they're going to win that, they would also be a candidate for most improved regular season record. Cause you would think it would take about 13 games to win that one seed. They were nine and eight, so that would be an improvement of four wins. That would put you right in the realm of Chicago, right? I mean, Chicago Bears, for example. If you go from three to like seven wins or eight wins, right around the win total, that's four to five wins. So, like Jacksonville, so instead of what I'm saying here is instead of betting into a market of will the Jaguars win the one seed in the AFC and probably getting in the range of about 14 to one or so, why not most improved regular season record of 22 to one that would somewhat correlate with that coming to fruition? Yeah. 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 No, that's a good point. Either. Maybe not a complete bet instead, but I would put more money here. Mm. So I think the first, when you're evaluating this market, this is this is a new market I've never seen posted before. But when you're evaluating this from an NFL side, what do you think is the number of wins a team needs to improve by to actually win, to win this market? I mean, I think we can guess that it's four to five. Okay, and that's what I think. When I was first looking at this last night, I was thinking five, right? Yeah. Like I, I think you got to you got to look for a team that I think you can go five over what they did a year. And by the way, I'm using the Bears as my barometer because right. what, what right. are the Bears went to eight and a half, like right seven and a half. Yeah, I think it's seven so and a half. So if they're the so they fa- go from three they, to eight, correct. Yeah. So they they won three games last year. Their win totals around eight and a half. Thus, that's the difference of about five games. They're the favorite to win the market. That's where my number comes. And from. I actually think yeah. the Bears and the Jags are the easiest to think about that with, yeah. right? Because if you expect the Bears to make a big jump like I think we all do that's why they're short the short shot in this market yeah you're getting to eight wins there for the Jags it's got to be 14 right so you're talking about putting yourself right in that position to be the one seed in the AFC I that was when you brought this up you brought that up that was the first team that I kind of thought of because I have I have Jags division bets already and stuff like that and I'm like well you go from nine to 14 like yeah that that puts you right in that Right in that situation, so um, I think it would be them. This is a this is a really interesting market, though, to me because I think there's a lot of teams you could look at. Like if you were if you're betting anything, Browns, Browns That's, or Browns or Jets this year, right? You're you you should be playing this market too. So I brought this up to Pritch when we talked to him. Was that yesterday? Man, all these days they just like they melt. Yeah, together. it was yesterday. Yeah. Um, so for me, the the, the team that like. There's a lot of teams that I think are projected to be near the bottom of their division that I think the the market is sleeping on. And I've talked about a couple of them, right? I've talked about the Patriots. 
I've talked about the Green Bay Packers, and the Browns to me are one that I think they have a the the, the key word is potential. Yeah, me too. If Deshaun yeah. Watson is close to being Deshaun Watson of 2020, and by the way, I did bet Miles Garrett to win Defensive Player of the Year at eight to one. Okay. Like I, I think that there is a real realm here for the Cleveland Browns to be much better. And if we go back again, if we're under the assumption that most improved would get you four or five wins. That would put you at about 11 wins this season for the Cleveland Browns. They won seven last year, so 11 to 12 wins. Again, it's a very successful season. But when you're looking at it from the perspective of what Cleveland can be, Kelly, like I don't think it's out of this world if you're getting good quarterback play from the Cleveland Browns. That this is going to be a team that might be a lot better than most would indicate. Like that's, I don't think you can take a lot from Deshaun Watson's play last year. That scenario totally. in terms you of coming back after a long layoff, yeah. late season, bad weather, content, all that kind of stuff. The potential is there for this team if we're looking around at the end of the year, much like I brought up with Jacksonville and being like, oh, they got a pretty good record. I don't know if they're that good, but they got a pretty good record. It's the same thing here with Cleveland, where when you get through like that game against week nine for the Cardinals and you're looking at a Cleveland team that might only have like two losses on their like their card, I don't think it would be out of this world to see Cleveland as one of those teams that can win the AFC North, win about 11 or 12 games, and all of a sudden you're in contention for most improved. Yeah, the way I would put it with that, I, I, I think that division is going to be absolutely brutal. Like here's yeah. the, I think that the I'm very high on the Bengals. What, my opinion on the Bengals really hasn't changed much in the past year and a half, right? But I think I I think people are still I'm in the camp of I think people are sleeping on the Ravens a bit this year. I think watch out. I think this is one of the better one of the better uh, surrounding cast that Lamar Jackson's ever had. You're yep. going to get Lamar Jackson coming back. Uh, that I mean, look, some guy that's had a lot of rest coming off a turbulent offseason. I expect I'm expecting him to play angry, play well, play big to come out of the gates. And then exactly what you said about the Browns. I think that I think they're I would totally expect for them to improve. And then we saw what the Steelers did last year. And I don't know if you know this, Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. I've heard so that. I've heard you know, that. if that keeps going, this division's gonna be absolutely brutal. Yeah. But I think there are teams like the Browns that like there there's not as big a separation between all four of those teams as I think people want to believe, especially the top three Cleveland, Baltimore, and Cincinnati. And I'll throw out something else too. Like, so I know our, our buddy Will Hill is really high on the New York Jets this year. Yep. If you're if you're somebody like Will who believes that this Jets yes. thing is going to work perfectly, I'm not. But if you are, yes, I've, totally. Eleven to one for most improved. They won seven games last year. If if you think they can win the division, if you think they're going to be every bit as good as they potentially can be with that defense, and if you're getting vintage Aaron Rodgers to come back and win twelve games, that would put you at five wins over what you were last year. That you're again, what you're shooting for. I think we're right. Is shooting for that five win improvement mark. Yeah. And if you think that this Jets team can be a one seed and be as good as maybe on paper some believe them to be, I don't know why you wouldn't look at eleven to one for the most improved record. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I think I think there's some I think there's some value in this market though because we're talking about double the double digits. Is there a is there a, a least improvement or whatever? No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean that's a good market to look at too. Yeah, if we could do the go the other way. Yeah. Yeah. Who who would be the worst from a year ago? Yeah. I don't know how do you phrase that. Most improved, least improved. I don't know. <laughs> I got all these ideas, man. I got all these ideas. Who would that be for you? The Vikings? Vikings would be the short shot. No, don't people. disrespect my guys. Don't disrespect hey, my guys. They're my guys on this show. You better watch out. Okay. <laughs> I'm a big Kirk Cousins guy. I've been watching quarterback, you know? His son, him and his son, Coop. This is what you do after a long day, Coop. You build a fire de- out there. They back. would definitely be the short shot in that market, though. They're 13 and 4. Everyone want to talk year. about the yeah, one no, score games. The yeah, they, they would be, be the, the favorite, favorite of that yes. one. I mean, look at their win total this year, right? That's about what I'm bad at math. About a four and a half win difference. Yep. Huh. Time flies by when you're having fun. What a day, huh? What a day. 
I was going to say, keep it going, Tommy Fleetwood, but you, you can't because you're in the clubhouse. All right, we'll be back uh, tomorrow is Friday, so we'll have a fun show on tap for you then as you wrap up the week. Stick around. Lombardi Line coming at you next year on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.